kill him now? Yeah, Camilla Harris. I mean, I, I'm Madam Vice President. Uh, I told you already, we can't. It's too early to do that. But I want to be president now. I know, I know, but right now, it's just too soon to do that. We told you. Just another year, maybe two at tops, two tops, and then we're gonna find a way. And I promise you're gonna. When is it gonna be my turn, Bernie? I told you to just get out, get out of the room. What? I said get out. Pelosi, I told you. What did I say? You're on timeout. Go to the fucking corner. Go to the corner. Out of place, we ain't caring about your feelings here. Anytime, any place, you can feel it here. Steven, then you out of space, so we clear the air. Any topic, and it's safe, so just be prepared. Don't assume, keep it straight, we might keep it fair. The news, the page, we gon' keep it real. If you tune in, then you sick for real. The Bluetooth, we took the red pill. Every image in the video, talk about it. Different views on the subject, we might talk about it. At the end of the day, we just talking, homie. Only me in the room, but it's like a party. Introducing... Stephen Daniel, author, artist, all-around great guy. It is Out of Place First Birthday. Our first episode was in February 2020. We have grown and gained many listeners. I am super excited to see Out of Place continue to grow. So we got a fun episode for you for the touchy topic i'm going to be talking about cutting the in your relationship for the vo nonsense we got a skit about a couple arguing but uh you know there's a twist to it we're gonna add some sports commentary to it uh big vinnie lenny gives advice on the perfect date and for the fun topic i'm going to be listing my top 50 romance movies of all time so kick back relax and enjoy the show time to get touchy get ready to be triggered This is a subject that I'm very passionate about. For years, I have heard the same damn arguments that couples have. The same old selfish that I hear over and over again. And as soon as these people fail at it, they go on social media and complain about it while never admitting that it is their own fault too. It's not my fault. It's my partner's fault. Y'all need to cut it out. And, and what do I mean by cutting the... Well, it means not to play games. You know those relationship games, like arguing over chores, ignoring problems while you vent your anger in other ways just to get revenge, expecting your partner to read your mind, calling each other names, increasing the piles of white lies, having ridiculous expectations. I could list so much more. You, you, you watch those awesome romance movies and awesome episodes when those two characters want to hook up and they finally do it and it makes you cry like a baby like I do. Yeah, I cry. I'll admit that I am a man that cries in movies and shows because when I watch shows, I get all into it. Anyways, you can have those awesome fantasy romances, the greatest and most amazing relationship you will ever have. You can have it and i'm not kidding i'm not and i'm happy to say that i have that relationship with my wife nine out of ten days it feels magical and amazing it does i'm, I'm not lying i'm not around i never even thought it could be possible when i tell people that they instantly are like yeah right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah 
But once they understand how I think and how we do things, and when they buy my book, cut it out, they understand. They finally can see that I am not around and, and and it was not easy to get where i am we started dating in 2005 we got married in 2008 and i didn't even come to this this thinking this revelation until a little after 2015 took that long it took problems we had with family to realize that we didn't need to be at each other's throats like we used to i remember telling my wife i'm done I used to fight and there was just that one moment in 2015 early 2015 i'm like i'm done i'm done with all the games i don't want to be unhappy anymore i fought as best as i could and i just was just done and she felt that and she saw how serious i was she knew that it was more than an empty threat and when we talked that night we both realized that it was us against the world we said everyone family friends work anything that shouldn't take over and determine how we live our lives from then on we started seeing the truth we took the relationship red pill then i started writing all the ways to avoid all that and that's how i came to write cut it out so recently i started getting frustrated with my wife's acquaintances and with people that i know personally and and all this that i've seen in, in social media people will complain about the relationship problems and most of these problems are dumb as and easy to fix for example, there was one time I was flossing my teeth and I went to throw away the floss and noticed the toilet roll was empty. It was late at night and my wife too tired to get one from the hallway closet because there wasn't any more under the sink. That's where we usually keep the extras. And she was going to do it first thing in the morning. And I didn't know she was planning this. I just saw it empty and quietly got more from the hallway and changed the damn thing, right? I wasn't or needing to use the toilet paper. I just changed it. She comes to me the next morning, was like, you're awesome. I said, why? <laughs> no, I'm not. But why would you think that I am? And she explained how she was going to change the toilet paper and showed me a TikTok vid of a woman complaining that her husband doesn't do it and show me all the comments of the other women complaining about the same thing. And I told her that it just needed to be done. That's what we do. We both do that with everything. If it needs to be done, we just do it. We don't do it for brownie points. We're not going to get anything out of it, especially when you're married and you get used to it. You're not doing, hey, if you do this, well, f no. But it's the norm, which is stupid that watching men do chores is a turn on for so many women out there. And it's sad. We both live in this house and we could keep it as tidy as best as we can. If I forgot to throw away the trash, guess what? She's going to f do it. And now, and 2021, I still see these types of problems in relationships everywhere. I'm tired of seeing so much out there, relationships everywhere, on social media, on YouTube, in the movies, in the shows. And in the most popular thing to do right now is to complain and sometimes, you know, do it in a funny way like they do on TikTok. A lot of the that I see on TikTok pisses me the fuck off. Like people fake breaking up with their partners when they pretend to be cheating to see what they would do when they complain about their spouses. And I see husbands making fun of the way their wives get pissed when you turn on the gaming console. I see wives making fun of the way their husbands are lazy. And the dumbest one, show me that your boyfriend won't cheat on you without telling me your boyfriend won't cheat on you. And then they show these men playing games and collecting cards like it's frowned upon, like it's a bad thing, like it's a dumb thing to do. And the women that do this feels like, oh, she's better. Even though there are many nerdy out there that will appreciate their nerdy partner better than these do. I can go on and on with all these things that I've seen. So I'm going to give y'all some advice on how to deal with this 
I'm going to talk about the top common problems in relationships that are easy to fix and avoid. First thing you have to do is cut it out. Cut out all the bullshit. Stop playing games. No more games. The game that you think you are playing and trying to win. No, there is no winning and there is no losing. There are so many relationships ending because people think they're playing the game. They're not playing it well. As soon as things get too hard, they're done. You both it up. And then you go online or on a nap and complain how you can never find anyone. So many people are alone because they just give up. They don't know what the they're doing. They don't know how to handle a problem like an adult. They don't know how to be a grown-up. And it's sad. You both are going to argue. You both are going to slip up and be annoyed sometimes. You both are going to say things that you don't mean. It's going to happen. But it's how you handle it that's going to fix it. And that's how you make it work. You both have to try your best to treat each other like royalty. Listen, my wife and I wake up with only one worry. What are we going to eat? We try our best, our very, very best to start a new day fresh and not bring old problems to the front. But sometimes we do slip. Like when it's that time of the month and she feels annoyed and I do something or my boys do something to annoy her, she will probably lash out. But she doesn't play games. I would say because sometimes I don't know when the f*** is coming. It's a problem. Is everything okay? She doesn't play f- games. Like I said, she doesn't act like a baby acting like PMS doesn't exist. We don't extend the the, the lashing out to something bigger. Nope. Once I know what's going on, I make sure she is as comfortable as she can be. I get her what she needs and make sure the boys and I don't annoy her anymore. By how? By giving her some space, giving her what she needs. Why? Because she's in pain. That's what most of you men don't understand. Your woman is in pain. While she's in pain and you do the stupid shit that you do, shit that you know better, she doesn't want to deal with your stupid and the pain at the same time. So put yourself in her shoes and try to understand. I'm sorry, listeners. Just my wife and I, we just hate when men complain about PMS and hate when women take advantage of it and act like a mega bitch and use that as an excuse. Drive us nuts. Anyways, it is easy to cut out all the easier than you thought possible. As I said, we're going to learn how to tackle these common problems before you destroy your relationship. So let's get started with respecting each other. You might think it is easy. You're like, Stephen, duh. But so many couples do not respect each other. For some reason, people think that once you have been a couple for a while, once you've been married for a while, it gives you the freedom to treat each other like making fun of each other, talking down to each other, calling each other names. And when arguing, you're saying the worst things possible. The goal for most couples arguing today is to make the other one cry. Why is this the norm? It shouldn't be. Think of that that, that one person that you would never, ever disrespect, no matter how mad you are at him or her. You have to do that same thing to your partner. There is no reason to be disrespectful. No reason at all. If my wife slips up and becomes a little mean, I have to take a step back and still be as respectful to her as much as I can. And it's not always easy, okay? I'm not saying it is. It's not going to be easy, but it is the best thing that you could do. After all that frustration, I know that my wife just probably needed to blow off some steam. She can't yell to her parents for no reason. She can't just yell to her kids for no reason. It's the same thing for her friends, family members, co-workers, bosses. So, so who is left? 
me. So if my wife up and I'm being respectful, it causes her to realize what she has done a little quicker and we could get her to feel a little better than if I went lashing out back. I'm going to be making it worse and I don't want to make it worse. I don't want to lash out like a three-year-old back at her because of revenge. You know, you did it to me, so I'm going to do it back to you so you could get a taste of your own medicine. Don't do that. If I was disrespectful to my wife, it would have been easier for her to turn things around. And instead of the problem getting resolved, we would have to, we would be ending up apologizing about how we acted instead of the problem. And I still have a short fuse, but it was a lot worse back then. So she could say the worst thing, the worst thing. And my reaction, my, the way I handled it, it was so easy. Like, well, look what you did. Look how you stormed up. And it's not about the core problem anymore. Now it's about, hey, this is how you said blah, 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 blah on both wide. That, that's it. You're playing the blame game. And then guess what? Even if everything gets resolved at that moment, you're happy. Maybe you had makeup sex or whatever. Nothing gets fixed. And guess what? That's going to happen again. It's going to come right back around. And then you're going to say those, you're those, those lines that you probably have said already. Oh, we just keep going in circle. We keep fighting about the same because it got never dealt with. That's why. So how do you show respect? You listen carefully. Not doing other things like being on the phone while your partner is talking. Always seeking out their opinion instead of doing things on your own. Understanding that your partner's wins are your wins, which means helping your partner achieving their goals, whether it's small or huge. Don't play the devil's advocate unless your partner really wants you to. Sometimes your partner wants to just vent to you. Just let your partner finish and ask if you can play the devil's advocate later. Don't do it mid-venting. Don't talk about your partner in public. This is the type of that you see on social media, that it is great to make fun of your partner. Everyone gets a kick out of it. It just shows the world that you don't respect anyone. It shows them that they can't even trust you. They will laugh with you, but more than likely, they will think you are not trustworthy. Keep the mentality that if it is important to your partner, then it is always important to you. So many couples don't follow this. Why? Because people are very selfish. My wife can give a about the games I play. She's not a gamer. I mean, she plays games once in a while like Sims or Diner Dash, but she doesn't play the same shit I do. She would be like, how you liking Cyberpunk 2077? I'll tell her how I feel about it. And she would have follow-up questions and that's it. She knows it's important to me, so she makes it important to her. And then it helps me to do the same thing to her. I could give eight about what goes into cookie designing. But she will want to show me what she has planned so she can go venture out to buy specific things she needs to create some of the best-looking cookies you can imagine, which looks and tastes amazing. But if it's important to her, it's important to me too. And when it comes to respecting each other, be the best version of yourself to your partner, the way you were when you met. You know, when you were all giddy and getting all decked out to see each other, never wanting to make the other one mad. Like I said, treat your partner like royalty. The next common problem is learning how to deal with the small things before they pile up and become big problems. What do I mean? You're going to drive each other nuts. I promise you this. The more time you spend with each other, the more you will drive each other nuts. Think about it. You grow up with an adult telling you what to do. Then you become an adult to have another adult tell you how to live your life. You end up noticing a lot of the things that bother you. The pet peeve. But what so many people do that you shouldn't be doing is not dealing with it respectfully. What are the small things I'm talking about? 
The small things include figuring out what to eat, not waiting for your partner to watch the next episode or not deciding on what to watch, replacing the toilet paper or which direction should it go. And it's over, by the way. Being mad because of what happened in the dream. Clothes on the floor, not getting chores done, temperature control because one is always cold and the other one is hot, taking out the garbage, going out with friends, leaving the lights on, snoring or breathing too loud, fighting about who is more tired or who the dog likes best, talking while walking away or fighting about direction or bringing up the past or who controls the music in the car or the proper way to fold or not making the bed properly or the position of the toilet seat or which side to sleep on. Did I give too many examples? Guess what? Here's more, you morons. Arguing because you don't like to drive but love to backseat drive. Or how long you should stay at a party. Or arguing the proper way to load the dishwasher. Or looking for parking. Leaving cabinets open or the drawers open too. Or forgetting to not dry your hands on the decorative towels. Doing the laundry the correct way. Or maybe one of you keeps spending money only on dumb shit. Not being overly excited when opening a present you got from your partner. I keep going on and on, but I'm tired of seeing all these dumb arguments that couples have. These are all small things that can turn into big things if you are a f idiot. You don't have to be. If you respect each other enough, all of this is easy to deal with. It is. Because when you don't respect each other, you can turn any of this small arguments into complete chaos. I have seen girlfriends, wives, acting like complete just for drying hands with a decorative towel. For that example, it's both of their faults. The wife for being a f about it, like, like being really mean, and not asking the husband respectfully to not wash his hands with it, and, and the f husband for not listening. You know what? I'm probably sure that the wife said it nicely the very, very first time she brought the towels home excited from the store, right? And she thought it was cute and wanted to share some of the nice decor. But then here comes the f prick who doesn't care. But imagine if she wasn't a at all. Imagine if he actually listened. Guess what? It becomes one less thing to argue about. One less thing. So that is what you need to do. Respectfully handle each small problem properly so that there isn't any argument about these dumb This leads me to the next common problem. Not picking your battles. Like I said, there is no reason to argue about the dumb No reason at all. You have to learn to pick your battles. Not everything has to be a fight. I have seen couples argue when they were supposed to be having a good time. No f reason at all. Like I've already said, when you have dealt with all the small problems like a f pro, the bigger problems are a little bit easier to deal with. The bigger problems won't be that final straw that ends the relationship. So when you both decide to go to battle and y'all get into it, you are going to be in pain. There is no way to avoid it. Now, I'm not talking about the physical pain. I'm talking about the emotional pain. You both are going to do your best to hurt each other as best as you can. So that is why you only fight if you have to, if it happens, about the issues that are truly important. This is an easy thing to figure out before shit goes down. Right when your blood starts boiling, ask yourself this. Is this worth it? Will you care about this tomorrow? If you're like how I used to be, you're going to want to deal with right away. You're going to want to talk about it now. But is it worth talking down to each other? Is it worth the extreme headache? This is what we do here in our home. If one of us catches the other going crazy, we just walk away. We go to the store solo or exercise or go to our chilling spot in the house. Pretty much anywhere that the other is not. We ignore the, oh, you're going to walk away? You're going to walk away? Oh, oh, you're going to play games now? You're going to play games? Oh, 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 we ignore all that. 
We ignore all of the guilt trips and all of the taunts. Not worth making things worse. It will get worse if you stay. Because the number one trick is not reacting immediately. You may think you are not ready to be over it and you want to talk about it now, but you're not in the right frame of mind to continue any conversation. You're not. The next common problem when you are ready to talk is communicating. Don't ever assume your partner knows what the hell you are feeling or thinking. He or she doesn't know. I'm very good at guessing at what my wife wants, which makes it seem like I know how to mind read. I tried to explain to her that we've just been together since 2005, so I have had plenty of time to get to know her. But most of the time, especially when I'm, when, when I'm distracted, I just want an answer. Just tell me what I need to know because I will assume that you're good. It's just the way I work. If I don't know there's a problem, then I don't know. I don't like to play any f games to try to figure out how you're feeling. If I said it right, or maybe I said it right. No, I don't want to play it. I just expect her to just tell me what she wants. She's not a person to go be around the bush because she knows I hate it and she hates it too. You have to be respectful and honest when communicating. You have to learn to replace listening with talking. There are so many people out there and you know who you are that like to talk over other people when arguing or talking passionately. You don't let the other person talk and it's not healthy. I do my very best to listen, but sometimes I talk to people who don't want to listen. They always want to talk over me. So then I end up doing the same thing to them. In a relationship, you have to do more of the listening. It can't be a one-way street. You both have to share information. You may be hearing each other, but you probably are not processing what is being said and taking the time to truly understand your partner's feelings. And here is the big red alert when you know your relationship is failing. is when you feel more comfortable talking to someone outside of your relationship. Your partner should always be the first person you can go to whenever you need to talk. You should feel very good about confiding in your partner and your partner should feel the same way. I'm not saying that you should never confide in friends and family. It's perfectly okay to talk to anyone outside of your relationship and with even the opposite sex because sometimes a fresh perspective can help open your eyes. But it should never, ever, ever be a replacement for talking to your partner. It's not good when you avoid talking to each other. So talk, even if it will piss you the f off, even if it will probably piss your partner off too. Just talk. The next common problem for couples is compromising. We are all selfish. There is nothing new about it. I'm selfish. I work in tears. I put God at the very top, then my wife, then my kids, then my parents. That includes my in-laws, then my siblings, then my family, then friends, and so on and blah, blah, blah. But my main focus besides God is my wife and our three children. I will selfishly put them before any Karen or Ken out there. Anybody. I don't care who it is. I will put them first. And that also putting myself first too. pretty much anybody who lives in this house. Like I said, we're all selfish. We have become a world full of crybabies complaining about everything. Why? Because like I said, we are selfish. And so it is naturally hard to compromise. However, in a relationship, you have to learn to compromise. So how do you compromise? Well, first, you both have to give up something. 
It's not about one person, meaning that before you have your partner give up something, you have to be ready to give up something too. It is fair and it shows that you are willing to compromise. Second, while compromising, brainstorm ways that you both will gain from it. Here's what I mean. Instead of giving up something so that your partner can gain something, both of you should think of ways that you both gain something. Doesn't have to feel like you lost. Keep it positive. Third, and this is going to sound weird, but come to an agreement on how to argue. The rule that you both follow when goes down. In a relationship, you can't avoid fights, but you can be on the same page when it comes to the argument. Here's an example to help you understand my If your partner needs space after a disagreement, but you desperately need to talk things through the best way to come to an agreement, you both will give yourself a couple of hours to chill and then come back later. That's it. The next common problem in relationships is cheating. Today, people cheat way more than they ever did before. Why? The simplest answer is that so much has changed. The number one reason, and this is all my theory, is technology. It is easier than ever to have been secret email account, super easy to send out secret text messages. It is so easy to set up a secret dating profile online. Having a powerful computer in the palm of your hands, you can easily connect to the sex-driven world. Porn is easy to watch and for free too. Then you got things like TikTok that quickly changes the way people are tolerant towards the promiscuous behavior. Show which looks amazing, not gonna lie, and boom, thousands of followers. Anyways, people cheat more now than ever. It's more acceptable now. If it's good at home, over the top good, you won't have much of a problem with loyalty. Both of you will know and understand that you both are limited additions. But when things are not good and you're not doing any of the that I'm telling you to do, cheating is more than likely going to happen. If you love your partner so much, like after years of being together and you still miss them when you're at work, then you don't have to worry that you'll break the trust. Before 2015, the chances of me cheating were extremely high. Now you have to get me uber, black, drunk, where I can't remember for me to cheat. I don't see the point. I do flirt, but it's friendly. And 90% of my friends are women. I just connect with women more. It took me a while. To let my wife accept me having women friends. Anyways, I have it so good now that I don't think I'll ever get this, what I'm feeling, my relationship ever again. So why the f*** am I going to destroy that? So what if you already cheated? Okay? Just me and you. Just, I'm not saying saying it out loud. Just keep it in your head. What the f*** do you do then? So many people are going to disagree with me on this, but I don't give a fuck. If you cheated and you regret it, and you know you won't do it again, and you love your partner, the person you cheated on, then you keep that to yourself. The only reason why people confess is because they don't want to feel guilty anymore. They don't want to have that weight on their shoulders. So when they confess, it's more like, damn, I'm happy I got that out of my chest, but in the process, I destroyed someone's life. So if you cheat and felt guilty about it, but don't want to leave your spouse, you take that to your grave. You deserve to live with that guilt for the rest of your life. Now, if you cheated because you have no love for your partner and because you were too much of a to deal with the issues like an adult, or maybe you fell deeply in love with someone else, then you should confess. Don't stay for the kids. You live in this pathetic world for just a little, so do what you can to live happy. Another common problem is stress. The world is, it truly is. We all know it. We live in a world with people who are working in jobs to pay bills so that we can live our lives as best as we can. Life is stressful. Having stress 
in a marriage can take a very serious toll on your relationship and your health. So how do you deal with the stress in your relationship? First, please stop the self-pity party. It's pathetic. You can't fix when you start feeling sorry for yourself. Get with your partner and figure out the best way to fix the problem. And you should never, ever blame each other when it gets tough. Don't play the blame game. No one likes the blame game. The reality is that there usually is more than one person to blame. So confess that you contributed to the problem and know you both can avoid it in the future. You have to talk openly about how you feel. Share with your partner about everything. The great, the horrible, and the dub. Then when it is your turn to listen, make sure you listen to what your partner is really saying. Also, you both have to stay healthy, both physically and mentally. This is the one that I'm struggling with. But as I continue to better myself, I learned that taking care of yourself, engaging in daily exercise and not forgetting your annual physical exams, you can live a healthier life. What helps me tremendously is my wife going along for the same ride, supporting each other every step of the way. The last thing I want to say about stress, and this is also important, is to allow each other's time for privacy. You don't have to do every thing together. You don't have to watch every show together. You don't have to sleep at the same time. You don't have to go to the store together. You get what I'm saying, right? I remember when I started dating my wife, it felt like I had to do everything she wanted. One thing I remember doing was when we went to sleep. She loved to cuddle and could fall asleep in my arms. The problem was that my arm started to get numb and I was kind of afraid what she was going to say or do if I pulled my arm away. She's there sleeping all good and fine and here I am with a numb arm and I couldn't sleep. Now, all right, good night. I love you. And turn the other way to fall asleep after kissing and hugging goodnight. And, I, and I'm not saying we don't cuddle. There'll be many times that we, that we do cuddle. Let's say we woke up a little five minutes before the alarm went off, or maybe it's the weekend and there's no rush to get up. I'll just say, come. And she'll just go right in my arms and talk about what we're going to do the rest of the day. One of the keys to a successful relationship is know when to leave each other the f alone. Work and home can be chaotic. And it is perfectly normal to want to be alone with your own thoughts. If he wants to game at night just before going to bed, let him. Don't force him to watch another episode or movie that you're going to fall asleep to. Don't assume that she wants to do things all the time with your stupid hairy self. She may want to read a book with a venti iced coffee on the beach without having you ruining the moment. Just because your partner is free on a certain day doesn't mean that you have to fill the day with to do together. Learn to know when to leave each other alone. I promise it's good for your relationship. The next common problem is unrealistic expectations. There is so much information out there you have to master avoiding it and it's not easy. You have to learn to think logically. I have heard so much like your spouse should complete you. What? You each have to give 50-50. No, you each have to give 100, always. Your partner's job is to make you a better person, or your partner is the only friend you ever will need. Uh, your partner will give you whatever you want simply because he or she loves you, or your partner's life should revolve around you. <laughs> and this one is the one that made me laugh when I heard it a few years ago. Someone who thought they knew what to do after thinking she was in love. You'll be able to make your partner change in ways you would want him or her to. <laughs> you hear all this, right? On social media, through the movies, through books, quotes, from celebrities, influencers spouting 
when their lives are the complete opposite. They don't follow their own advice. You know, that do as I say, not as I do. If someone you know was telling you weird bullshit about your relationship and you know what's wrong, just smile and wave. You are a very smart person. You have the ability to think. When expectations are realistic, your relationship will have many opportunities to grow and last. But when you have unrealistic expectations that can't be met, no matter how much you want it to or wish it could be met, it will fail. Another common problem is jealousy. Everyone gets jealous. I don't care who you are. You are a jealous Jealousy can have a negative impact on relationships. If you respect each other, if you do everything I'm telling you today and the loyalty is through the roof, you don't have to worry about a thing. Your trust will override jealousy. But what if you are jealous? What do you do? It's simple. First, figure out why you are jealous. Are you insecure? Do you talk down to yourself? Do you fear that your partner will betray you? Are you a control freak and can't stand to think of losing that control? Are you relieving a hurtful experience from the past and probably worried about losing your partner? Once you understand it, there are ways to deal with it. There are many causes to jealousy, but if it's not dealt with properly, you are going to be paranoid about what your partner is doing. You're going to be worried about what they are feeling. You're going to start demanding where your partner is at all times. You're going to display insecurity. You're going to text your partner nonstop when you're apart thinking of the worst. You're going to make accusations that are not true. You are always going to be questioning your partner's motives and behaviors. You are going to follow or stalk your partner. You're going to infringe on your partner's freedom and not letting him or her seeing anybody, family or friends. Uh, you are going to be nosy and read emails and texts. Doing all of this is unhealthy. All of this is not good for your relationship. It is okay to be a little jealous. My wife gets jealous if a waiter is too flirty with me. There are women out there that doesn't care. And because I don't try to get in women's pants, the way I talk to women is real. I'm not trying to impress them. I am being me. But like I said, there are women that will go there even if they see my wedding ring, even if they see my wife next to me. It's crazy. Here's an example that happened before COVID. We were at my favorite stores or la table or table, whatever, however you say it here next to the fashion mall. As we got out of the car, this woman dropped a can of whipped cream. The aerosol can was about to uh, go into the street. So I quickly grabbed it and gave it to her. And then she said in front of my wife and kids, thanks, I would like to put this on you. She smiles, winks and gets into the car. So my wife had every right to be a little jealous, but she knows me. And trust me, so she's not going to go all crazy. You have to stop comparing yourself to others. The way to fix that is to stop looking at yourself as worse than others. The reality is that you are amazing. If you have trust issues, you have to get it through your head that not everyone is unfaithful. Not everyone is untrustworthy. If you keep thinking this way, you are bound to drown in your own shell. Once you realize that you cannot control your partner, life will be easier. It will take a lot of time to deal with jealousy in a relationship. But I can tell you that once you overcome that, it will be the best thing you do for you and your partner. Another common problem is social media. You ever was chilling in the living room with your partner and realized that both of you are on your phones? And if you start to think about it, you will realize that both of you have been on it at least a few hours a day. 
Social media has changed the way we interact with each other. The most obvious issue is addiction. Spending too much time on social media apps. I get it. It's fun. I'm looking at my phone and I got Twitter. I mean, Twitter is complete garbage because that Twitter mob is horrible. But I get new listeners on there and people buy my book when I place ads there. I also have over 4,000 followers that is mostly indie authors like myself. So it's a great place to connect with them. I got LinkedIn for professional connections, met many interesting people there. I love connecting with people on that app. Let's see. We got Facebook. Besides the author and podcast stuff, I talk with many people there, especially family. I got Instagram so that family and fans can see pics of me and my family. And I got TikTok because most of the profiles I follow make me laugh. I laugh out loud a few times a day because of the shit that I see on TikTok. Yesterday, I binged um, the Selena, I forgot her name, uh, Selena's Spooky Boo. I think that's her name. And I could not stop laughing. She knows her triggers for sleepwalking and the that she does is hilarious. I don't care if it's real or fake. Her videos are funny. But my point is that I get it. I get why it is addicting. I put being on your phone with all the other damn apps out there and treat it like a hobby. It's a hobby. Being on your phone now and doing what you can on there, it's a hobby like gaming. But you have to learn when to put the phone down. You have to learn when to put the tablet down. I know couples that use the phone right after sex while eating a meal while watching something with your partner and the worst one during a conversation. If you are addicted to being on the phone, do me a favor and just take a step back and see what the f*** you are doing. You will be able to see a little clearer of the excess time you have spent on social media. It has a negative impact on your relationship. I'm telling you it's true. My wife and I used to be addicted to this sh- But when we limited the use, when we learned when to put the phone down, we became a lot happier. Our marriage got a lot better. People that are addicted to social media become a different person, someone that they don't recognize if they were able to watch themselves. They become jealous and very suspicious with everything. So they start snooping around their partner's phone. Not good. Listen, social media can be very fake. You think you are seeing happy people? You see parents showing off how amazing their day has been with their children, but the reality is they could be suffering from depression or having a day. You will see perfect bodies from both men and you then get depressed because you want that body or you want your partner to have that body. You might look at the pictures of people and wish that you had their lifestyle. Most of the time, it's fake. Social media does not portray reality. All of it is what people want you to see. Social media can be a great way of communicating with the outside world. I told you this before. I use it to connect with fans of the podcast, with family. I love interacting with people. As fun as social media might be, it also has many negatives when it comes to relationships. It could lead to distance in a relationship, to cheating, to even depression. So before you spend hours on social media, try having a real life conversation with your partner. The next common problem is chores. I don't understand why this is a problem. Listen, no one likes doing chores. Well, there there are people out there that do like to do them. The majority of the people don't like it. It sucks. When I was a little boy, I had chores. The older I got, the more chores I had to do. Then when you move out, oh, you think you are free from it. But guess what? You realize, especially after having kids, that you have to do chores for the rest of your life. And it sucks. But I hate it even more when people let chores hurt their relationships. 
Ask anyone that is married what is one of their top three stresses, and most of them will say that it is their partners who won't want to do their share of the work around the house. Couples fight over this sh- as much as they do with money. When you live together, it is a partnership that includes running the household together, like home maintenance, shopping, cleaning, planning for your home, cooking, children, and so on. So you get the picture. When people do what they're supposed to do, your relationship will run smoothly. Chores are supposed to be a shared responsibility. You should divide up the housework. Figure out what is important to each of you so that the important stuff can be taken care of. For example, one of you might not care to leave dishes until the end of the day. The other person does not like to leave dishes overnight. Both of them should find a compromise. When you are making a list of the things that you can't stand, you should also be honest on the things that you can't tolerate. Because what one person hates, the other may be able to tolerate. So it doesn't seem so bad. I hate cleaning the oven. My wife doesn't really like cleaning the bathroom. So my wife cleans the oven because she doesn't mind it. And I am happy to clean the bathroom because that means I I don't have to clean the oven. The next thing you have to agree on is when to clean. My wife and I have a cleaning schedule that we only skip when we want to have a spontaneous fun day or we are on vacation. But have a cleaning schedule that you both are happy with. You want to clean on a Friday night before the weekend? Then do it. You both want to split the house chores throughout the week? Then do that. My wife and I do the laundry Monday through Friday, and that's including our towels and bed sheets. And then on Sunday, we clean all of upstairs and all of downstairs the next Sunday. And then we keep going back and forth, switching every Sunday. That way, we both have time to chill and things don't get piled up. After you both do this properly, the chores will not be frustrating. And if you both don't want to do this, if you both absolutely hate chores, then hire someone to do the stuff that you don't want to do. The next common problem for couples is sex. Sex is great, feels fucking good, but it can bring so much problem. You don't want sex to be a problem, but it is. And it is up to you and your partner to figure out what is going on. You both have to figure out what the biggest problem areas are so that you both can pinpoint the problem. It is often easier to fix the issue than you might think. Think of what kind of sex problems you might have. It may be low frequency of sex, having a hard time reaching orgasm. Maybe you have erectile dysfunction. You must understand that all of these problems have nothing to do with your partner not interested or attracted to you. In order to fix intimacy problems in a relationship, it requires you both to maintain an open communication with each other. Most of the time, and it will shock you, but most of the time, sexual problems can be due to sexual preferences of the partner. One person may want different things, and that can make the other very uncomfortable. Fixing this was not going to happen overnight. It is important that you and your partner commit to trying new things. Also, make sure you listen to all of the sex talk segments from Out of Place. It gives you more insight to my thinking and having Rachel read the script while at the same time she puts herself into the segment. And it's great. You can hear many tips about improving your sex life. Like in the Change Your Bucket List episode, we talked about lasting longer in bed. Very fun stuff. The next common issue in a relationship, and I think it's number one, is money. 
It's the top thing that couples fight about. No matter how much you think you love your partner, when you start combining your money, things can get crazy after coming from different families. You might have had the parents that are the YOLO types, worrying about having fun today and leaving the problems for tomorrow. You might have grown up with the guardians that can stretch a dollar. But now you are both forced to collide two different views together. But it is not as difficult to deal with as you might think. So let's start with the first thing you have to do. Sit down and talk about what is important. Once you figure out the proper budget that works for the both of you, you can make big dreams a reality like buying a home, starting a family, or going on a cruise with a family. Before marriage, I was the one that can stretch a dollar. You gave me $10 to eat anything. I will go to the supermarket and make you just as full as you were on Thanksgiving. My wife loved impulse buying. If she wanted something, she would get it. It didn't matter. We would argue all the time because I didn't want to be in debt. She was kind of a YOLO. I was a stricter one. So when we started learning to compromise on things, we decided that we had to come up with a budget that would satisfy both of us. She wanted to go on vacations and buy things for the house. I wanted to get out of debt and focus on our future. My father would tell me that you should always work hard now so that you can play later. Now we have a three column focus. It's a name, but it's what we created and have worked wonderfully for a long time. So I don't care. After all the bills are paid, and that's including allowances that we both get to spend selfishly, uh, we focus on three things. The first thing we would focus on is debt and future. When I say future, that is our forever home that we look forward to because remember, we are still in the military and of course our retirement. Well, we will put about $2,500 towards it. Then the focus will go to the next column, which is our home. This is the upgrades and, you know, the new tables, if it's falling apart, couches, kitchen stuff, painting the walls and so on. We did this because I know that many of you do this. This is what I mean. Oh, damn. Look at this table. It's falling apart. One day we'll get a new one, right? Yep. Mm, I can't wait. I'm excited. But when you do get the money, you probably put it towards a new iPhone instead of what you need. Ah, we can we can keep that table. Well, the table's fine for another for a while. It's fine. It's fine. So by having this column, we put a focus on it by saving one thing at a time. The next column we focus on is vacation. We love vacations. Used to struggle between balancing vacation and debt. Every year we like to go on vacation with my wife's family, another vacation with my family. Most of the time they come to us because it's cheaper for them to come since they only have to buy plane tickets for up to two people at most. But for us, it's five. Anyways, and we, we, we love to do the Halloween event at Disney. And every few years, we would like to do the cruise. So this plan has worked for us. You and your partner will have a different plan. Maybe something you learned at school. Maybe something you learned from a parent or from Dave Ramsey. Once you both get on the same page, it will be a game changer. You are both in a team, so you need each other. Like I said, my wife and I used to argue about this shit all the time, but because we sat and talked about what was important to each of us, it has been stress-free. The best part about it is that we don't charge when we save for things. When we buy something, it's because we saved for it, no matter how much, how long it took. When we vacation, we don't charge nothing. We don't have to worry about going back home in more debt than before. I love it because I hate the thought of a rich buying a new Tesla because I wanted a PS5. The last common issue I want to talk about is when core values and beliefs differ. I could be wrong, but I think that the only people that have problems with this is when the looks is all that matters. 
or they had rushed into a serious relationship. Dating is meant for people to get to know the other person very well before you get more serious. That's why I get a little pissed when people split up because of this kind of thing. Really? It must have been his abs. It must have been her to not even come close to asking about the serious stuff. There are two major problems that people will let ruin a relationship. It is politics and religion. That's it. There is one simple rule when it comes to these two things. Stay in your lane. This is when opposites attract don't work. You can't be a racist, liberal, lunatic marrying a hardcore conspiracy theorist, racist, conservative. You can't. People have tried, but the Trump era gave so many people permission to treat each other like it sucks, but it's the new norm. Religion is the same. It is hard believing in different religions. And I'm not talking about family, you know, what, what they think. Family will always be old school. But let's say you are Christian and you have an atheist partner. You will be doing everything alone. You both will be judging each other, trying always to persuade each other that the other one is wrong. It's just a mess. You're going to be depressed. You're going to be alone. Like I said, when it comes to these two things, you have to be on the same page. The same damn page. So there are many other common problems, but I just named the top ones. This is meant for you to get started. Relationships are very complicated. Practice doing everything I said and anything else that you are dealing with that I didn't mention that you will probably be experiencing or already have experience will be easier to handle. Trust me, my wife and I still argue, but it's more like bickering than fighting. Mastering a lot of this stuff helped us be ready for the new things to come. And we got a lot of new things coming that we haven't experienced, like when we finally buy a home or having teenagers. But I know that we are going to be those old that people will ask, how did you do it? What is your secret? I get to tell them the off and buy my cut it out book. I talk about everything I just talked about and in more detail. And I talked about a lot of the stuff that I didn't even cover. The link will be in the description if you want to purchase it yourself. Relationships are more than just two people together. You and your partner should help each other as best as you can to become better versions of yourselves. Make sure you have a partner who is willing to inspire you be willing to challenge you to help keep you on your toes and be the person who supports your stupid ass to become the best possible you no matter how you feel always treat your partner with respect and love up next is what the brick so stay tuned Raise your hand if you piss in the shower. Who's all brushed their teeth in the shower? Who's ever felt the urge to poop when getting into the shower? So you get out and then you resume showering. Who's all masturbated in the shower? Say, yeah. Who hasn't had a shower beer, shower wine, or shower drink of any kind? Who's all been a cheap ass, washed their clothes in a hotel shower, just to avoid paying for a washing machine. Who hasn't gurgled that shower water? And spit it up like a whale. Who's had a Texas toast Frisco burger from Steak and Shake in the shower? Who hasn't bathed with their cats in the shower? 
Who's been pissed on by their partner? Hey! In the shower. How about bled on? Yeah. Who hasn't taken a serious phone call about a family member's death in the shower? <laughs> uh, who hasn't fallen asleep in the shower pretending like a caught in a warm, magical rain? <gasps> Whoops. I accidentally dropped the soap. Being in the shower is my favorite activity. I feel so awake. I feel like it's the best thing in the world to be in the shower. I can breathe. It's humid. I'm in a freaking desert. It's the only place that I actually find some peace. It's the most creative I can be, being in a shower. Especially since I don't take melatonin to sleep anymore. Breathing in that moist, 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 moist air. Did I say moist? Right now you can legally take a shower. But in some places, you can't throw a shower. No baby shower. No bridal shower. No birthday. No sweet 16 quinceanera. It's all virtual. It's not the same. Don't try to sell me on it. In honor of missing out on all the celebratory showers, please join me in the first ever annual out-of-place waffle stomp on March 17th at 1 a.m. Take a big in your shower, or use your housemates, and stomp it down the drain. Just squish it right down the drain. Just step on it, step on it. Stamp, 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 stamp. Let's flush the shit away and make a wish to be with our friends soon. Anyone who disagrees with in showers, and if you think that virtual life is worth living, I'll provide you a complimentary for your shower. That is all. Ta-ta. Next is Sex Talk with Rachel. She talks about making that honeymoon phase last the rest of your life. Don't be shy. You think about it all the time. You don't have a dirty mind. You just have a sexy imagination. Now... It's time for sex talk. Hello, you sexy people. I hope you had a fun Valentine's Day, whether you were alone or with a partner or with friends. I hope that you were taken care of. So today, we are going to be talking about the honeymoon phase and how you can make it last longer or bring it back. This doesn't only mean for married couples. The honeymoon phase for couples who are dating is those moments in the early parts of the relationship when you are both over the moon for each other and like rabbits in almost every place you can think of. Life finds a way of getting in the way of sex. That time when things felt new and you were crazy about each other suddenly fades. That's gone. You get really comfortable with each other. Sex is happening infrequently or sometimes not at all. Sex has become a routine and it feels like a doctor checkup. Listen, the honeymoon phase is a state of mind, not a period of time. You will hear that this phase can last a little over two years. This blissful, mind-blowing sex does not have to end. The honeymoon phase does not have to be over. If you want to prolong that amazing stage, you have to make certain things a priority. Things that remind both of you of how much you appreciate each other. How much you both enjoy each other. Great sex isn't something just to check off a task list. It takes time and energy from the both of you. The first thing you have to do is recreate the moments when you first met. Look all sexy going to a nice restaurant, go on vacation, just the both of you in the backseat of the car or on the beach. Anything that will help you feel those butterflies you haven't felt in a long time. 
The second thing you can do is get in touch with your own sexuality. Watch a movie with your favorite steamy scenes. Read an erotic novel that will get your imagination going wild. Watch some porn. Then take everything you have seen and learned, then create fantasies you can act out with your partner. Like being a submissive partner, getting bound or teased, or filming your very own porn. Watching your partner self-pleasure, participating in a threesome, or just having sex in public. For legal purposes, that was a joke. The third thing is having some mystery in your relationship. It's great to have some surprise. Remember when you fell in love? That feeling of meeting someone new, your mind racing with fantasies, wondering what it could be like to f*** your crush, being physically attracted to each other. You become addicted to each other, wanting to spend more time with your new person so that you could get to know them better, like figuring out what turns your partner on. But then routine sets in. The way she looks without makeup or the way he goes about his morning kind of drives you nuts and you're bored. This is where it can go downhill, but it doesn't have to. There are many new experiences you can have together. Create new sexy stories. You have the entirety of your life together, so get to know each other's sexual fantasies. There's no reason to rush. Embrace the unknown and like you used to. The fourth thing you can do is always be kissing. I've said this before, but kissing is one of the most intimate things you can do with your partner. One kiss can mean so many different things. It can be a cute hello. It can be an apology, a greeting, and of course, a sign of passion. Kissing is fun. Remember before you started and you couldn't get enough of kissing each other? Kissing doesn't have to lead to sex in order to feel amazing. That's why some people can kiss for hours and still want more afterwards. So keep kissing. Kiss like you were in high school. The fifth thing you can do is avoid distractions. It's easy to zone out and binge watch a season of Frasier or be glued to your phone. You also gotta get the life stuff out of the way, like work, emails, messages, news, kids, politics, and so on. Liberate yourselves from the responsibility of adulthood and create time for you both to play. Go on a date or spend the night at a hotel. Do whatever you have to do to make sure you're able to and explore each other's body without distractions. So that's a few ideas on how you can get started with bringing the honeymoon phase back into your relationship or extending it if you're in the early stages of a relationship. Similar to what Steven said, things like this are more complicated and it can take more work to get that spark back. But this is a great start, something that can help you both tackle any other things that get in the way of the hot honeymoon phase. A lot of what keeps the sexual spark going, it's communication. Find out what your partner wants and needs. Explore and figure out what you both want. Make sure you both take the time to talk about it and make sure you do it. Once you sexy people do this, you will not want to stop. I promise. That's it for me today. Thank you for listening and I will talk to you next month. Coming up next is VO Nonsense. Enjoy a funny skit about dumb arguments. What do you want to pick up for dinner? I don't care. Whatever you want. Hello, welcome back to Dumb Arguments. I'm Derek Tate. And I'm Fred Hoffman. Today's matchup is between Peter and Donna. Yeah, Peter had just asked what they should be eating for dinner, and Donna pretty much does not care what she eats. Let's get back to the action. Would you like Chickafilla? No. Do you want pizza? No. Do you want a burger? Nah. Do you want tacos, Chinese food, sushi? Peter is smart. He's listing all of her favorite foods. 
He doesn't even like sushi or even Chick-fil-A. Who doesn't like Chick-fil-A? I would leave him alone for that. Anyways, he is running out of options. Let's see how she responds. None of those sound good. Just had Chick-fil-A yesterday and just not feeling the other stuff. Then what do you want? I told you, I don't care. You do care? You've said no to so many things. I really don't care. Oh man, Peter's off to a rough start. Started getting annoyed too quickly. <laughs> yeah, you would think you would know better after doing this for three years already. If Peter doesn't calm down and not make this an argument soon, this might just make Donna finally leave. He does have an opportunity to figure out what she wants, or he could get frustrated and argue. Let's see what he says. You do care. You always do this. I list a million things and you say no to all of them. And then you say, I don't care. Boom. Jeez Louise! Yeah, no surprise there. A chance to ease into it, and he chose to escalate the situation. Definitely the wrong thing. He first put the blame on her, then bringing up her past while listing her flaws, mocks her, and then uses profanity. Now it's up to Donna to put Peter in his place. Will she make the choice to defuse the argument, or will she take it to the next level? What do you think, Fred? Based on her history, she is not going to back down. My money is that she is going to rip him a new one. I agree. Let's see how she responds. Really? You only listed a few things and none of those sound good. You act like those are the only things there is to eat. sick and tired of always trying to think of something we haven't had about a thousand times. There are no new places and it's the same places since the last time we ate out. I don't understand the hostility. I don't understand why you had to get nasty. Wow, just wow. I expected Donna to go full savage, but she really held it together. I know, I was just as surprised as you. Instead of yelling, she was calmer than usual about it. Huh. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Do you want a salad? What are you doing, Peter? He must be looking for a way to break up. You never, ever offer a woman salad. Yup. Doesn't matter if she's 100% vegan. You never, ever do that. I don't think she's gonna hold back anymore. What are you trying to say? Uh, what do you mean? Are you trying to say that I need to lose weight? There you go, Fred. She got him now. There is no way out of this one, Derek. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what this asshole says next. Uh, no? I don't need you to call me I fat. I didn't call you, you know fat! I have been trying to lose the weight. And how much I gained in 2020. It is because this pandemic and everything being closed and being on lockdown. I couldn't go to the gym. I know I look gross and you think I look like a cow. I didn't say anything like that. You know that I think you're sexy as hell. Just pick something you were going to eat. I'm not going to eat anything. Just worry about yourself. I'm not going to eat in front of you. Listen, I'm sorry. Wow, Donna just flipped it on him. If you look right here in the pocket, Peter gave the opening for Donna to boom, turn the tables around. And the silent treatment is just the cherry on top. Absolutely amazing. Please, talk to me. Oh, fine. You want to act like a... Oh, then so son be of it. a dog biscuit. Really? He brought out the see you next Tuesday. Didn't save that for a bigger argument. Nope, chose to use it right now. It's a shame. I really thought he grew up. Me too, Fred. Me too. I know why you're acting like this. You're still mad because that woman gave me her number. First... You told me that I could trust you, and I did, so I don't know why you keep bringing it up. Three, I was just chilling right here, minding my own business, watching TikTok, and you decided to argue about food. Think about it. It's food. I'm sorry. 
I don't care how sorry you are. This, all this sh you're pulling, this is not what a real man does. This is what boys do. It really looked like it was just a silly argument at first and that Peter maybe was going to take home his first win of the season, but unfortunately, he just gave it all up. It looks like these two are done. They will no longer be a couple. In fact, Donna just changed her relationship status on social media. I'm actually happy to see her make this choice. She has battled him for three seasons with a huge red flag of late for not proposing. He had a mess of flags right from the beginning, Derek. A true soy boy indeed. Until next time, folks, I'm Fred Hoffman. And I'm Derek Tate. Thanks for joining us. Next is Big Vinny and Lenny. They give advice on the perfect date. Hello, listeners. Yeah, what's up? This is the Vinny and Lenny show. Yeah, we got back from the hospital. Took a while to recover because that Siri. Lenny, she, shut the f*** You think you're talking to? The f Vinny, up. you don't tell me to shut the f*** up. And expect me to say nothing. Listen, what I'm saying is don't talk about Siri. Do you want her to fuck our asses up like she did last month? She hasn't said anything since. So shut the fuck up. All right, all right. Anyways, today we're going to be talking about how to, how to get the perfect broad. Really? What? Is that what we doing? What the fuck? you talking about? You know damn well we ain't talking about getting women. My bad. Then what are we talking about? We talking about how to get the perfect date. And I know all about that. You don't know sh The f*** you talking about? I'm always taking the broad out. You may be taking them out, but you have no respect for them. You treat them like whores. Because they're f***ing whores. And that's my point. What point? You my didn't point say is, My You're point is that when you talking take out the you don't you know. Open your you f***ing mouth and Shut the f*** up and Listen, my point is, when you take out a whore, they're going to act like a whore. Take a regular woman, you got to treat her like a queen. You're right, you're right. But we all like whores. Yeah, but we don't want to marry a whore. Hell, no. So, listeners, this is how you set a perfect date. The perfect date. The first word you have to remember is spontaneity. What? I, I don't think I'm saying that right. I don't know what the f*** you're saying. Spontaneity. You're just making well, up words, huh? No, well... What is it when you when you do random? Like I take my wife out to her favorite place when we were supposed to be at home. Oh, you're talking about being spontaneous. Yeah, 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 spontaneous. Uh, uh but but what is the noun version of it? You mean spontaneity? Yeah. Uh, but look at you, all acting smart and, and go f yourself. Yeah. So spontaneity is key. Don't plan where to go. Don't set up a time. Just get loose with your ideas and. F Go. You don't have to know what you're doing or where you're going, and you, you have to act like you don't care. It's more romantic when you do like that. Yep, my wife loves it when I tell her to get some clothes on and we go get steak. No, she doesn't. How the f*** do you know? There's no f way that you demand your wife to get dressed to go eat some steak. No way in hell. That's what she likes. Nope. What the f*** do you mean, no? There's no f way. You don't know what you're talking about. She likes that sh If you say so. I do f say you f Prick. You're the You're prick. the one that thinks that you know what's yeah, what. Right. Are you my wife? Yeah, right. Do you have a... Because there is no way that you know what my sure. wife thinks. Mm -hmm. You Anyways, people today feel like they're always running out of time. And now you got to make an appointment versus just getting together with no specific place to go. Another tip for a perfect date is not to spend money. What? Yeah, you don't have to spend... I don't pay a lot of money on my That's date. That's because you're a cheapskate. Nah, you could take a f 
drive, or you can walk on the beach, or you can f*** in the backseat and watch the sunset. It gives you a chance to focus on each other than a f movie or having to talk to those damn f waiters and sh You're right about the focusing, but you still a f cheap ass. Why am I a cheap ass? Because you supposed to take him out to somewhere nice to eat, somewhere fancy, and then you do the walk on the beaches. Who said? Everybody says that. The what? next tip: don't have sex on your first date. What? Don't have sex? Yeah, don't have sex. That is the best part. That is the reward for taking their asses around town and. I have you to. You don't. Know, you don't have to. Sex complicates everything. How the can sex be complicated? You just got to put it the inside the and be done. And if you are a lazy, you scissor until you... And if you're okay, you stick it in the... What the f is so complicated about that think first time you f the woman. Okay. Think of how it kind of sucked. You got too much pressure about seeing each other naked. You're f nervous, so your starts not working. You right. might never see the broad that's again, the so? That's not the point. You really wanted to think that your is weak? My ain't weak. But if things don't go good, do you want her thinking that you can't do Never weak. Okay, fine, Lenny. It ain't. So, listeners, you don't know each other, meaning that you don't know what the other person likes in bed. You And, and, and they don't know what you like. And you just met not that long ago. What else makes the perfect day? I can't think of anything else. Because you don't know how to treat women. You treat them like, like, like sex toys of some shit. Because they are sex toys. Shut the f*** up. Now you shut the f*** up. I get all the girls. Yeah, but then they don't want to come back. I get all the girls. They always come back. Good. Always want more They don't more come back Lenny. for you. The only reason they come back is because you paid them. So what if I paid back. them? Paying them is not real. What the f*** do you mean it's not real? You pay these women to be fake. They don't like you. They only like the money you're giving them. To wrap it up. There was a lot of things you have to make sure you do when you're on a date. If it's your first date, what you do can make or break your relationship. You don't have to go all crazy. First is location. Like the walk on the beach, and then you f*** on the beach. <laughs> no, like a romantic restaurant. You got to do your research. Find out what your date likes. Make sure you look good, too. Yep, you don't want to look like a idiot. You have to get all decked out and sh and you gotta show lots of chivalry. Oh, this pisses me off. What? When you got grown men who don't hold the door out or pull the chair for their girl. They don't have the ball to walk around the car and open the car door too. We got so much men. No, they are boys that don't do sh And it's sad. I agree. Listen, women notice when you do things and they notice. When you don't do these things, and this goes along with the next one, and, and it's respect. You got to show these beautiful women respect. Don't be like Lenny over here. Don't start with that. Don't start. You may open doors, but you don't know how to talk to them. I know how to talk to ladies just fine. Just mind your own business. Don't be like Lenny. Like Steven says, treat your woman like Royalty. And the final thing, make sure you know how to kiss good. Yup, no teeth banging. And no sticking your tongue down her that throat. That kiss needs to be something that looks like it could be in the movies. Women like that sh**. And I know you like that, ladies. I know. Tell us right here in the comments. Say, Lenny, you're right. And then you give me your number, and I'll take you out on the beach. But be one. We <laughs>
takes you to a hot dog stand. You know what, Vinny? What? You can go f yourself. You could go f yourself. What you need to do is not cheat on your f***ing wife. I do whatever the f*** I want. One of these days, it's going to catch up to you. Yeah, right. Up next is Steven's Top 50 Romance Movies. Enjoy. For the fun topic, I am going to be listing my top 50 romance movies of all time. It is a very fitting since it was just Valentine's. I don't remember if I said this before, but I love all types of movies from all genres and from all time periods. As long as it is a good story. I'm one of those men that women love watching these romance movies with. I will watch all of the romance stuff that many men won't. I will laugh and I will certainly cry. This list is my personal opinion. I am not a professional movie critic and many on this list you are not going to agree with. I did put this list in order. I like the other times I've done lists. So I'm going to start from 50. Most of you awesome loyal listeners got to know and understand me throughout the many episodes we created. So it will be fun trying to guess what are my top romance movies. Most of the movies on this list are romantic comedy. I love romance movies. And comedy is my favorite drama, so I absolutely love those rom-coms. I'm going to get through this list pretty quick. Some of the movies I'm going to say some stuff on and some just super quick. If I talked about why I liked each movie, we could be here for hours. So let's get started. Counting down from 50 is the big six. I enjoyed watching Camille do a movie about the story of him and his wife, who wrote the script. Very funny and a good love story. Number 49, Casablanca. If you've never watched this, shame on you. The actors and the actresses are great. The movie is filled with quotable lines, the music, the script, it's all great. The sets are amazing, and of course, the romance is just good. 48 on the list is In the Land of Women. I love the line Adam Brody gives at the very beginning. I want to give you all the space you need. After she's like, I need space. 47 on the list is What If with Daniel Radcliffe. It was fun and very enjoyable. 46 is Brokeback Mountain. It was kind of funny, frustrating, and sad. 45 is What Dreams May Come. Robin Williams is great in it. It's an amazing story about a man in his heaven wanting to go to hell to find his wife. The sets are wonderful too. It's an emotional roller coaster. 44 is Palm Springs with Andy Samberg. I'm a sucker for any Groundhog Day scenario where the main character has to repeat the same day over and over. I, I really enjoyed the humor in this one. 43 is The Illusionist. I'm a big fan of magic and illusions, so when this movie came out, I barely paid attention to the trailer. I knew I was going to watch it, but that twist at the end was brilliant. 42 is Emily with Audrey Tattoo. Uh, this is one of those movies that many people in the States haven't seen, but needs to be seen. It has some of the most amazing cinematography. I found it funny and full of surprises. 41 is Crazy Rich Asians. It is very predictable. As soon as you get into the story, you know what's going to happen, but it is still funny and still entertaining to watch. 40 is Jerry Maguire. I love it. Very quotable. And that little kid is so cute most of the time the movie had me smiling 39 is safe haven i love reading as much as i love watching movies i am a nicholas sparks fan i've read most of his books and watched all of the movie adaptations safe haven is a really good one 
38 is Crazy Stupid Love. Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling had great chemistry. Steve Carell is just a cherry on top. Cast was great, and watching Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling was so much fun. 37 is up. Right from the emotional intro of the movie, it got me glued. It is what many people want to experience, growing old with your partner while trying to live the dream. 36 is life as we know it. At first, it's emotional, especially if you are a parent. We created a will so that there was a plan so that we know who gets to raise our children if something happened to us because of this movie. After act one, it is funny and engaging. 35 is Pride and Prejudice with Keira Knightley. I've never read the book, but the story, scenery, background, and the cast made it a really good movie. 34 is definitely maybe. I really like this movie. A lot of people like to make fun of it because it's one of those cliche movies, but there were many parts that made me laugh and many parts that made me smile. And of course, star-studded. 33 is Punch Drunk Love with Adam Sandler. This was a bit of a surprise. I remember a lot of people hating on this movie because they wanted to see Adam Sandler be a goof. I love movies with dark humor. And the, the, the feel that I got with this movie is the same feel I got watching Voices with Ryan Reynolds. 32 on my list is The Prince's Bride. If you are a fan of this movie too, then you know all of the reasons why I like this movie. 31 is The Last Song, another Nicholas Sparks story. I am a fan of Miley Cyrus and I enjoyed the story. 30 is Four Christmases. Now, I know that when you watch the trailer, it seems like a goofy movie, but I love the story. There's so many people that hate on this movie. But what really drove me to watch this movie was when the trailer came out. Everyone who knew me very well knew that I have a weak stomach for vomit and I can't stand the noise. I can't stand the smell. I'm fine with wiping my children's ass and changing the diapers uh, when I had to, but I had to get used to it. But as soon as one of them throws up, I'm like, Bleh. so the trailer showed Vince Vaughn gagging and people were sending me that link, texting me and calling me to ask me if I've seen the trailer. This is you. This is you. This is you. <laughs> this is you. Then I saw the trailer and cried, laughed my ass off. It was awesome. 29 is the proposal. You got Sandra Bullock, Ryan Reynolds, Betty White and the beautiful Mary Steenburgen. I think that's how you say her name. I've had a crush on her since I was a kid. That's right. She was also in Four Christmases, too. Anyways, I like the movie. 28 is The Breakup. It is a very frustrating movie. The whole time I'm like, why doesn't he do this? Why doesn't she do that? But I still love the movie. It's a good movie to show people what not to do and how not to act. I wish it had a different ending, but I kind of also like it that it didn't give the cliche happy ending. I love it. Very funny movie with a good cast. 27 is The Wedding Singer. Not only is the music great, but it is such a fun movie to watch. I love the movies that Adam Sandler does with Drew Barrymore. Every 10 years, they do a new one together. Blended was uh, released in 2014, so we will get a new one in 2024, I hope. I can't wait. 26 is Moulin Rouge. I'm a huge fan of musicals. I love them all, but Moulin Rouge is so damn entertaining. Favorite moment is when that dude sings Roxanne. That was awesome. 25 is One Fine Day. This movie flies under many people's radar. When I mention it, people are usually like, what? It has George Clooney and Michelle Pfeiffer. They play two characters that don't look like they belong together, and they end up together. So I love it. 24 is The Photograph. This is another that not many people watched. It stars Issa Rae. A great story. and I love the music. The dude that played uh, Lakeith's uh, brother was hilarious with the woman that played his wife. They made me laugh every time they were on screen. I would love to see more of them. 
23 is no reservations. As you already know, I love cooking, so this movie caught my attention. I like Catherine Zeta-Jones, so I knew I probably would like the remake, and I did. It is a charming movie to watch. 22 is about time. I am a fan of Rachel McAdams, and I am a fan of time travel. So the way they did this movie was great. There is this one scene that still affects me today. It is the reason why I don't dwell on the shoulda, woulda, couldas. The part where Tim's sister got into an accident and he wanted to save her life. He went back to help her. But when he came back with his child was different. It was like a different kid. Still his child, but just different. Things had shifted just slightly, causing the whole new person to appear. So he had to let his sister get into the accident so that things don't change. After that movie, I was like, I wouldn't change a thing in my life if it meant to have the life that I have right now at this moment, the way I feel. 21 of the romance movies is Click. I know that is a bit silly, but it's such a good concept. Then when it starts getting real, when the laugh stopped, when things got serious, once he went to the hospital and was playing with his flap, like right after that flap, things got really serious and all of it was touching. It had a great message, that moment, and it just... Just because of that, I mean, I love the silliness stuff. I love the stupid movies like that because I already told you I, I, my favorite con- uh, genre is comedy. So I love a lot of that stupid. But at that end, I love that message. Uh, number 20 is Aladdin. It's a good story. And then you add the genies, both Robin Williams and Will Smith. It's a f- awesome movie. 19, A Star is Born. Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper were f- awesome in this movie. And then you add that damn song. 18 is gone with the wind it has a wonderful story great acting and good cinematography it still blows my mind that this was made in 1939 with the amazing sets they have i mean these sets were amazing you're just like what great movie 17 is greece i mean who doesn't love greece it's greece 16 is The Great Gatsby. Uh, I had to read the book in school and had watched the original. Then when the remake came out, I loved it too. A lot of people complained about the narration in the movies, but it was the only way to get the people to feel the book. I was okay with it. 15 is Singing in the Rain. First time I heard about this movie was uh, when I rode the great movie ride at Disney. There was this moment in the ride that had an animatronic figure of Dong swinging from the lamppost uh, from the movie. And my mom was singing the lyrics and I asked her about it and we watched it together when we got home. I really liked the movie. And don't look for the ride. Now in its place is the Mickey Runaway Railway, uh, but you can find videos online. 14 is Sweet Home Alabama. I'm a fan of Reese Witherspoon. Looking forward to season two of The Morning Show. Anyways, I really enjoy the movie, so I can kiss you anytime I want. I love it. 13 is What Women Want. Another damn movie people like to hate on. But I absolutely love it. I love the concept. I love the humor. I love the jokes. And of course, I love the music. I am a huge Frank Sinatra fan. He is my favorite musician of all time. His song is all throughout the movie. Anyways, this movie is good at showing how women think. It was great. I just wish that What Men Want was just as good. 12 is Why Did I Get Married? It's such a good movie with the good messages. Uh, you get to see different types of marriages and see how it plays out. Favorite thing in the movie is the whole 80-20 thing. 11 is It Could Happen to You. I love the character that Nicolas Cage played. He's just a down-to-earth good guy. People around him. And you just root for him the whole time. Great movie. So now we are at my top 10 romance movies of all time, movies that I can watch over and over again, movies that you know I've already watched this Valentine's season with my wife. Uh, here we go. Number 10, The Notebook. I love this f- movie. I love the time period. I love Ryan Gosling and 
Rachel McAdams, and definitely, I love her audition take. If you haven't seen her audition take for this, go take a look. I love the story, the arguing, and of course, the scene that makes me cry every damn time. Number nine, Spanglish. First time I saw this movie was when I was invited to the premiere. I loved the movie. Adam Sandler was so great in it. The story was good. Tiani was great. I mean, I hated her character, but she played it so well. There are many jokes you don't expect, and the, most of the movie just makes you smile. And of course, like I said, I'm I love cookies, so Adam Sandler's uh, top chef and owns a restaurant. Number eight is Fifty First Dates. There may be other movies with this story, but when I saw this, I've never seen something like this. It is such a great concept. It had many lovable characters. The story is amazing, and the soundtrack is good too. Another good time you will have is listening to the audio commentary for this movie. Drew Barrymore was funny and amazing. Number seven on my list is The Family Man with Nicolas Cage. It is a big what if movie. Nicolas Cage played that character so well. What if he chose a different path with the person he loved? It's a fucking great movie. Number six is The Story of Us. It is one of the few movies that really show what a failing marriage looks like. Bruce Willis and Michelle Pfeiffer are so convincing with their arguments. You just want to keep watching to see what happens next. Oh, and that scene at the end when Michelle gives her speech makes me cry every damn time. Before kids, no, it, I, I didn't get emotional. But after we had these three, that scene gets me all teared up every time because... In life, you know, I love that movie. Number five is Notting Hill. Not a big fan of Julia Roberts. <gasps> I know, I'm not sorry. I love her in this movie. The only other movie that I like her in is America's Sweethearts. Anyways, she was great. Hugh Grant was great. The soundtrack is great, and the cast is amazing, uh, especially that spike. My two favorite scenes are the dinner party, had me smiling the whole time, and the very end when Hugh Grant shows up at the press conference. Love it. Number four is La La Land. I can't get enough of this soundtrack. I love it. Then seeing Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone again was so much fun. I love how they made Los Angeles look. It was amazing. The colors and the dances. I can watch this movie over and over. My two favorite scenes are the first song in the highway. I love it. And when they were at the observatory. This movie really played a, a tribute to the many old school musicals with, the, with their big sets and all that. I loved it. Number three on my list is A Walk in the Clouds with Keanu Reeves. This is absolutely beautiful. The cast in the film make this whole thing enjoyable. It is a predictable movie, but I don't care. Uh, you just want to see more of this magical movie. The cinematography, the, just the, the way things look. It's just so beautiful. I think it's one of Keanu Reeves' best acting. Number two is Just Go With It. <laughs> I just realized that I have a lot of Adam Sandler rom-coms. Anyways, Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler has such great chemistry in this movie. It's amazing. And I know there's also a lot of Adam Sandler movies are silly. They have silly moments. I mean, this movie has a lot of silly moments. I love it. But there's this moment that I think it's hard to make it feel real. Like this moment, this scene just showed that Jennifer Aniston's and Adam Sandler's acting chops is such a great movie. And it's when they were at the dinner event with Nicole Kidman and they were telling each other how they felt about each other. Started being, you know, they were uncomfortable. They're, you know, it seemed silly at first to do it, but as soon as they got started, it felt so real. Them just telling each other how they felt. I get goose pimples every time that that, that scene comes up. Really believe that these f fell in love. I really did. And Nick Swarson was f 
hilarious. And I love it. And my number one romance movie of all time. The one that is my ultimate favorite. The one that I guarantee that you will never guess is. Are you ready? Is Sleepless in Seattle. I've probably watched this like 40 something times. It's Tom Hanks and Nick Ryan and the rest of the cast felt natural in their roles. And they all did amazing. It's a great story. So many enjoyable moments. My favorite moment is when Tom Hanks first talked to Dr. Marshall. That whole scene on the radio. It was funny. And it was heartbreaking. I get all the feels from that scene. My second favorite scene was when they talked about the scenes in the, in the movies that made them cry. It's hilarious. The movie is filled with great moments that I love. Reference uh, An Affair to Remember a lot, uh, which is another good romance movie. That is my top 50 romance movies of all time. I wish I could list every movie I love because there were a lot more that didn't make the list. But the reality is that I have like a top 200, maybe 300. <laughs> I watch a lot of movies. I love them all. And it's going to continue to grow as new movies are made every year. I really hope that you enjoyed my list. This is just more info, more things that you now you get to understand me a little bit more and, and the stuff that I like, you either hate me for this list or you love me a little more. I do hope that you enjoyed this segment. Please let me know which is your number one romance movie of all time. I would love to know. If you like the show, leave a like, leave a comment, submit a rating on iTunes, subscribe, follow and ding our bell or whatever you want on the platform you're listening to this on. Just show us at Out of Place some love and tell other people about this podcast. If you want to support the show financially, tip us through the PayPal or buy an Out of Place shirt, face mask or whatever. But the link is in the description. Thank you for listening to Out of Place Season 2, Episode 2. If anything, I said in this episode offended you in any way i don't give a damn and a half cry to your mom cry to your mistress cry to tom cruise your maintenance guy or anybody that will listen to a sensitive snowflake like yourself just know and understand no one cares other than the music streaming service you are listening to this on you can also find us on tiktok and youtube to our loyal listeners who made it to the end i love and appreciate you goodbye always remember to smile